Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Mars. Ba 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 ba. Wait, can you give me the that that song from Phantom? What? No. Okay. Can you sing the Spooky Shark song? <laughs> no, just do the show. And welcome back to the spooky episode of the Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, <laughs> Vampire Ben Bateman. It's a spooky episode, guys. We're here. It's it's actually Tuesday when we're streaming this. You'll probably hear this in November. Spooky. But this is right around Halloween, so we're being spooky, and it's the Masters of Modern podcast where we talk about modern magic cards in the Magic the Gathering world. You can buy this at Party City. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so so today on theme, actually we got really lucky. Uh, we were like, oh, what should we talk about? And then we looked at this weekend's list, and it was like mono decks that had been murdered at one point. So today we're doing an episode on undead decks in modern. The undead decks of modern, which means uh, decks that wizards has tried Playing to kill. Uh, <laughs> not zombie decks. And <laughs> that have come vampire? back and continue to Thank chart. Thank you very much. And it's inspired by the fact that the Charlotte Open uh, this last weekend was won by Amulet Titan, and the second place deck was also Amulet Titan, a deck that at one point we all thought was going to be dead. Um, there's no one streaming. What happened? Did we lose the stream? What do you mean there's no one streaming? We have the big side zero here. There's a bunch of people in the chat. No, weird. Let's not stop reporting here. Also at the SAG uh, Classic, in fact, got eighth place. Had so. To, or it was, wait, wait, let me see. Dredge was sixth. Oh, no, it didn't get eighth. In fact, it was 13th, and at the Open, it was 13th. It was 13th on both, and since it's Halloween, and the number 13, all things pointing in this direction. It's of a, doing spooky, a, spooky it's a spooky episode. episode. It's a spooky episode. <laughs> so, this is the Masters of Modern Podcast. That is Alex Kessler. Who did that part? I was in a spooky voice. We're now at the part where we tell people that you can find me at Twitter at Kess Wiley. Thanks for as the cue I was giving you. You can also find me at Ben Bateman Media, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find the podcast at the MM Cast. And if you happen to be listening to this or watching this or both, uh, we have a YouTube channel, guys. It's the MM Cast. That's where we put this up every single week. We do video now. And as we speak, we are two subscribers shy of hitting the first 2,000 people to subscribe to this channel, which is exciting for us. Uh, you could be the 2,000th person during this show. So if you're, if you're listening to this or watching this or maybe you're streaming this but you don't subscribe, go subscribe. Be the 2,000th person. You'll be awesome. Um, yeah, those are, I think, the initial shout-outs we're going to get into. So I suggest we get into the weekend results. Um, there was a classic and there was an open. It's kind of what today's episode's about. But yes, you go, you go, you go, give us a breakdown. So the Open in Charlotte was won by Amulet Titan. It was an adventurous impulse list. So the second place list is a little different, but Amulet Titan is a deck classically, a lot of you guys probably already know about, but it was a deck originally that played Summer Bloom and uh, Amulet of Vigor. And the idea was that you would play a bunch of bounce lands, they would come into play, a trigger would untap them, you'd tap them for mana, you'd get way, way ahead and do cool things like play Primeval Titans and things of that nature. Um, when they banned Summer Bloom, that deck seemed like it was dead. It's not. It's played with four copies it's of Azusa, Lost, but Seeking now. <laughs> Azusa is a 1-2 for 3 from originally Champions of Kamigawa, maybe. Are you having too much fun? 
I love Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it allows you to play two additional lands on each of your turns. So yeah, this is, there's two versions of this deck uh, that, that were in the top two of this tournament. Also, you've got Titan Shift in third, Azorius Control in fourth, Storm in fifth, Jund in sixth, Bant Spirits in seventh, and Is It Wizards in eighth, which is pretty sweet. Is it Wizards? Is it? Yeah. That deck's dope. I'm having a lot of fun today. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then the uh, SCG Modern Classic was run by Gruel and Destruction, also known as Ponza, uh, with Mario Pyromancer taking in uh, second place, then Mono Green Tron, Azoria Spirits, Humans, Dredge, Mono Green Tron, Elves, and then, as I mentioned, uh, in fact, down in 13th. Gamebox is pointing out to us that he's pretty sure Storm is an undead deck. You're absolutely right. It's, it's one on of our the list. We have a list. We have a whole list of decks ten, we're going to talk we about. We have 10 decks we're going to talk about, some of them. And, and we're also going to break out like what movie trope those decks most fit in their undead status? So are they a Freddy Krueger? Are they an alien? Uh, I'm just finding out about this right now the same as you guys. So. <laughs> well, that's what, just what we were talking about in the pre-episode, so we'll probably be doing it regardless, even if we didn't want to, and it, we weren't making an official thing. Um, we have 10 lists to talk about, and since we're there and we're on, on the fact that it won, let's talk about Bloom. Okay, sounds good. Let's talk about that version of Bloom. Um, the, there's two versions here. William Pol Pulliam wins, wins the first one, and Austin Roberts plays the second one. So big differences here. Um, you know, you, you look at this list, and there are cards that have been printed since originally this deck was a thing. Because well, this, I mean, the, the big difference is, is that one's a hive mind deck. I mean, that's like that's like looks like the big hard difference between the two. One's hive mind, and the other one is much more on the like walking ballista, ramp hard, and then be able to kind of do damage with it. Um. Yeah. Yeah, and also like the the other difference this version plays versus the classic version is this plays Sakura Tribe Scout. That didn't used to be a thing in the original well, that, lists. That was that was I've seen that since Bloom was banned. That's been the most common like. No, no, that's replacement the, I, I, for I, I'm saying compared to the dead version of the deck. Oh yeah, yeah. This yeah. undead that's... version it became possible because people tried out the eight of four Azusa and four Sakura Tribe Scout. Back in the day, people would so, usually play well, like two. The Highland one doesn't happen. Really? Mm -hmm. It's playing Lotus Bloom. Ah, so it's a turn. It's supposed to be a turn, a turn slower, possibly. Correct. Um, sure. But a little more consistent. He gives you a really, really good opening hand. You get to. Was anything else here? No, yeah, that's kind of the thing. It's like Hive Mind with. I guess what like Lotus Bloom is decent with Hive Mind, and then on the Amulet, the other one is much more like on the Sacred Tribe Scout. Um, well, because I mean, Lotus, yeah, Lotus Bloom in this deck basically it's supposed to be a turn, either a turn four Titan or a turn four uh, Hive Mind, one or the other. And then the the other one is the other one seems much more because it's also playing um, um, what's it called? I had it just Explore. Right, right, so, right. So like the the and I can't I forget which one won. Did this win? Which one's the winner? And which one's the, the Explore deck one? The Explore one uh, is much more on the. Like ramp really quickly space, yeah. and like more on what that was what Amulet was trying to do. The other one's much more on the classic like packs and getting hive mind into play and then wrecking people with a pact and hive mind. Um, and it's interesting that they like both are going in such different directions and both found such success. It's pretty fascinating that these decks are able to be as good as they are because they feel pretty disruptible. Okay. Like it, like that, looking at these lists compared to the old versions, obviously you're relying on creatures to be able to get ahead versus the classic version, which didn't need it, just needed an artifact and a spell, and then the whole deck went turbo. Okay. But it is interesting that like in a format that has so many like li like like has humans and has these decks where you just want to be playing like lots of removal spells, mm -hmm. that Azusa could actually make a deck work because like. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm interested to see what this, between these two options, which one becomes the better or the one that people actually ends up seeing more play or do, you know, they both, are they just now we have two different variants. We have Amulet Titan and we have uh, Hive, Mind, Hive Titan. Mind Titan. Yeah, I mean, I think also like... Uh, Amulet Hive Mind? The, the, other, the other like reality to this deck is that um, it's... I it's, guess it's Amulet Ramp and Amulet Combo would be the two different variants names yeah continue they just have different win conditions i mean same heart of the deck but they are i mean they are constructed a little differently what i was gonna say is like it's very similar to storm in the sense that you're just your whole deck is constructed to resolve one of these like turbocharge cards and then go off mm -hmm. so with storm it's like if you can keep one of your mana accelerants on the table you'll probably win yeah in this deck it's like if you resolve azusa and untap you have a pretty good shot at winning but if they kill azusa and you draw another one play it and untap you'll still probably win and so it, that becomes the cat and mouse game of these decks well it's also it's 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 a little bit of all the tron problem as well i guess where it's like i'm gonna spend my time slowing you down but if i'm not killing you eventually you're just going to get to six mana like there's an end goal of oh i'm just going to win by casting a titan like, yeah even if you like are able to stop me in my early turns from going off primeval titan's really good um speaking of which the third place deck at this tournament was titan shift um which is a deck that we've seen come in and out it's yeah i, th I think we've seen it come in and out this this version yeah, that deck's not undead at best it was like oh we're just talking it's about the, the zachary binks of this conversation zachary, zachary binks zachary what are you talking about uh, uh oh wow hocus pocus i never saw he's the cat in hocus pocus you've never seen hocus pocus no wow that feels like a thing that you're going to lose on trivia at some point on. Hocus Pocus? Yeah. Is that a movie that I need to know about? I, mean, I know what it yes, is. Yes, it's like very famous. But uh, so basically there's a cat at the beginning that's like undead and been around for a while. I'm like comparing it because it like came back to life due to the uh, um, Valakut Unbanned. Okay. And it, existed, it just existed. Directed by Kenny Ortega starring Bette Midler. Lovely. Um, all right. How do you not know what Hocus Pocus is? I like know of it, but if you were to be like, who's in Hocus Pocus, I think I would have struggled. Well, look, I mean, the cast is like really kind of insane. Well, Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, okay. That's fair. <laughs> it's fine. What's her face who disappeared? <laughs> <laughs> the entire internet of the world is unhappy with you. Okay. I like obsessed with, with, with Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker, Halloween. apparently. Ben hates Halloween, everyone. Give him, give him crap for it. All I right. hate fun, okay? Yeah, that's what that's it is. True. I'm a Grinch. All right. Give me Christmas. Next is in fact. Number 13 in both tournaments. Spooky. In fact, it's kind of been making a comeback recently in general. For I mean, like, while, the yeah. it was the big kind of story this weekend where it was not around and now is back. Where, in fact, has kind of been like on the outskirts of every tournament for the last couple of weeks, and Spell Skites back. I think Blossoming Defense and it just being adopted is a big reason for this. Like, I don't think there's anything else in here that really is like more than just like the metagame is finally back to where Infect is good. Like, with Dredge being good and like humans maybe on the downturn, like, gives it like the ability to kind of just like get into people. Infect had picked up Steam like. A year ago, it, like it's been, it's been like a little bit here and there for a while. It's won some tournaments. It doesn't have the turbo version that it used to have. It's just a little bit more. Um, it, it doesn't feel as landslidey. Like right. you don't have hands with this deck anymore, where you can draw them and just like poop the win. Like they still I have. Like that's, I, I feel like that's untrue. Like the big thing, like because the reason Infect died was Fatal Push and Gitaxian Probe, both one being printed and one being banned in yeah. the period of two weeks. 
Um, right, but I'm, so I'm saying I think the original version, when they didn't have that removal spell and you had a free spell to make your Become Immense cheaper, to know what's in their hand, to know that you could just literally go for it on turn three if you needed to, it's not that simple anymore because you don't have the, th the free information of Gitaxian Probe, and it's more likely you're going to run into a removal spell. So you have to bide your time and set up a little bit more carefully, which yeah. I think makes the deck which about a turn slower. Sure, okay. I, I mean, I agree that it's a turn slower. I think part of it is just like, up until very recently, like, we were in a Death Shadows world, and then that was followed by a Jund world over the summer, and then that one was followed by a blue-white or blue-red-white-red control summer, and then now we're in a world where all those decks are bad, because Dredge is arguably the best or second-best deck in the format, and so... And now everyone's pumping, you know, graveyard or hate, but in fact, it's great in a world where someone's trying to just like attack on turn four with a bunch of three threes on the ground. And it being able to be kind of in the air and or unblockable is like, and just like, oh, I win because you don't have removal spells. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like puts in a really good spot. Powerful, no question. Um, it's definitely an undead so, deck. Uh, would you say Fatal Push or Gitaxi Probe were more responsible for killing Infect during its, you know, 1980s run of being an iconic horror? <laughs> series fatal push was definitely more responsible for killing it okay so you don't like you think wizards <clears throat> was less murdering it straight up with a ban hammer and more just like accidentally a bus hit it like i think probe made that deck great and it made it faster but even if the deck was a turn faster fatal push only costs one so your okay. interaction is still the same whether or not they're trying to kill you on turn three or turn four if you have a fatal push you still have a fatal push right. you don't have to wait to turn three to cast it so less deus s machina more or more Deus S Machina, not not like someone directly trying to kill the deck. You're really leaning into this hard. It's yeah, we're doing a spooky <laughs> Halloween episode. Otherwise, we're just talking about six decks that got card banned and are still around. <laughs> All right, next on the list, Birthing Pod, now known as Counters Company, previously Collected Company. This actually has kind of fallen out of favor. I mean, of the you know, I feel like this is more Nightmare on Elm Street, where, like, it was a big, iconic thing, but now when you go look at it, it's kind of cheesy. It doesn't really fit with kind of the metagame of what's going on in horror. And, but yeah, it's been, it's it's definitely always survived. I mean, before it was Maliar Combo, and now it's become much more about the um, elf that I'm forgetting the name of. Devoted Druid. Devoted Druid Combo. Yep. Um, yeah, thoughts? What, what does the metagame need to look like for this to be a better deck? I mean, it's pretty resilient. We're a birthing pod reboot. Yeah, when this is deck is pretty resilient. Rob Zombie coming out and remaking it. This deck's pretty resilient to basic removal. Um, Path is really good against it. Traditional burn or like fatal push is not as good against this deck. Um, but, but, I mean, with Infect doing so well, and even you know decks like Titan coming out, like these are decks that are all not very interactive, which kind of lets a deck like this kind of come out from under them. I still think those decks in general are faster, right? Because so, so this deck basically, this deck can win on turn three. It, it's able to. If you just play the, yeah, if you mean, play like, the elf and then the vizier, no, no disruption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have both in the opening hand and a Duskwatch recruiter, you just, or, or a Ballista, and they don't interact with you, you just win on turn three. Sure. Um, but I think that in general, I think that in general, this version of, you're not usually going to natural the hand like that, so mm -hmm. you're usually going to have to spend a turn with a tutor or, like, get ahead to get your collected company or... And, I mean, even in the Birthing Pod days, these decks were all just hyper-efficient tutor versions of Hate Bears, and I think Humans is doing what these decks are trying to do just better. I think the fact that Humans just locks people out and then is just aggressive is just a more of a threat in this metagame than the ability for comboing off. 
Yeah, and I think also another major difference is I think another major difference is that that those old decks, those old like uh, Gavity Township decks, they really did have the ability to go wider. And humans is doesn't have a combo element, so it can't just win out of nowhere. Like it has to. You see the win coming completely from humans. You like sure. are counting the damage, whereas like these decks kind of can get you from behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this deck, this deck, you can feel like you're you're ahead. You're a, you're a couple turns away from closing it out, and they draw. They just like top deck collected company and beat you. you the, know? the chat's arguing over how popular or unpopular Hocus Pocus is. It's great. <laughs> I mean, the movie was very popular. I remember Hocus Pocus. I yeah, just never watched it's a very it. Very famous movie. You're obsessed with Batman. I mean, like, I'm not. I honestly probably couldn't have if you had asked me what the lead actress's name of that movie is. I probably wouldn't have been able to say Bette Midler. But I know Zachary Binks' name. <laughs> I'm impressed. What's the girl's name? She's like very famous, or she was very famous, and then she like disappeared. She was in Ghost World. Uh, Thorberch. Yes, Thorberch. She's the girl. She's the like the lead really? little girl in that huh. movie. Ninety three. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Look at that. You learn something new every day. How do you not know this? This is like a movie that they definitely will ask you a trivia at some point. I mean, now I know Thora Birch is in it, Beth yeah. Midler's in it, and Sarah Jessica Parker's in it. Oh, I have a pretty good go. shot of getting it right. It came out in 93, and it was directed by Kenny yeah, I Ortega. Guess, I guess the, the plot is never a question you get asked. All right, moving on. Uh, Dredge. Dredge is, is probably the most emblematic of this episode, being a graveyard-themed, zombies, vampires, mm-hmm. zombies, and spirits deck. It well, has all three of those card types in it. And Dredge is in a weird place with this list because Dredge started out the format. Uh, wait, it started out the format like not really a deck. Then like it, in the history of modern, yeah, uh, Dredge was originally more of a Vengevine deck that like wasn't really doing anything and couldn't make it happen. And then they unbanned Troll. It still didn't do anything. Then they printed Prized Amalgam, and it immediately became very much a thing. <laughs> and then it's been a thing since then. They had a ban, Golgari, Grave Troll. That's the bullet uh, that we're talking about. And um, but there's two versions of Dredge now that are decks. There's like the there's the Vengevine version with like Gravecrawler and Garganon. Dredge. That's Vengevine. In the, in the sense that that doesn't really like. Yes, I think Loam is in that deck, but like the mechanic of Dredge isn't the key feature of it. Versus yeah. like. I think it's important to keep those distincted from each other because one is about playing creatures and being an aggressive deck that eventually mills itself accidentally, getting Vengevines into play and winning. Right, right, right. The other one is I'm turboing cards and Narcomoebas and Prize Amalgrams into my graveyard so that I get a bunch of free stuff on turn three and attack wide, um, which is what Dredge was in Legacy and has been since the deck existed. Vengevines' game plan is just a different beast. Right, it's more of a like sacrifice Ooh. triggers replay things <laughs> deck. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it, I mean the thing with the thing with Dredge just being back is it got a lot of pieces between Creeping Chill. I mean, just Creeping Chill has brought it back. Like, yeah, Creeping Chill is is insane. It we, allows it allows the deck kind of to go off. Like, you know, there's a really interesting thread on Twitter of Zach Elsick kind of calling everyone out of like, why are you playing Ancient Grudge in the sideboard when you really at this point you just want Assassin's Trophies? Because what are you really flashing back Ancient Grudge to kill that hurts Dredge in the format? It's not um, Affinity. Affinity is no longer a relevant deck. Like, it hasn't, it's like not a, which means that everyone Cage. should be playing Affinity next week. He's but, blowing up Cage, the most important thing. Nothing in the deck. Ancient Grudge gets stopped by Cage. So you don't get to cast Ancient Grudge. Oh, right. You can't cast it to target the Cage. Right. So the call. Cage doesn't do anything there. Uh, you're not fighting off, which is why Assassin's Trophy would be better in that situation. You're not fighting off. Bridge from below, not bridge from below. Snaring bridge. Yep. Uh, 
A, Trophy's better against them. B, your Creeping Chills now just go over. Like, between Creeping, creeping Chill and Confoundrate, you can kind of just ignore yeah. the, the, the bridge. So, like, why play Ancient Grudge? And, yeah, he's right. I agree with him. I think just Assassin's Trophy is better here. I mean, yeah. It, it is because it's more versatile, and it gets anything, and it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they're playing one in this list that uh, top eight at the Classic, I believe. Ross Merriam's list. Correct. Um, where'd it go? I had it. I had it. Dredge. Uh, they played one Ancient Grudge in the side and two Assassin's Trophies, so they're mm. doing a, a one-two split, which I think is probably correct. Um, and then they play Nature's Claim. Like, his point also is just, like, Nature's Claim is better in the sense that... Nature's Claim I like, because Nature's Claim costs one and is fast. Uh, Assassin's Trophy I like, but it does cost two. And the difference between one and two in modern is pretty distinct. I mean, that's... It's a catch-all, though. I yeah. mean, and in fact... It, yes, it is, except not in fact. In Dredge, eventually your mana just becomes useless. Yeah. Right? Like, you're more doing other things. And so having something that can get rid of stuff, like, at, like anything, is definitely something I think they're interested in. When do you think Assassin's Trophy... Like, where do you think Assassin's Trophy settles in the end, in terms of price? Oh, like, when? In the long run, I think it probably doesn't get too high. Probably a similar path as what Abrupt Decay did. Like, it's actually doing that now. Because Abrupt Decay was like, everyone's like, oh, that card's insane. We, it's the chase card in the format. We have to get it. It's like 20 bucks at pre-release. And then it went down to 10 But then the foils are really expensive. And then it didn't really see play in standard. And it kind of saw play in modern. And then... I mean, Assassin's Trophy is still like $17. Yeah. And it's a rare, which yeah. is so weird. We, ha- we don't really see that. Like, the last time that I can consistently remember there being rares that were that much money are when you have, like, basically expensive dual lands. Like, when you have good ones, like... Well, no, are, I mean... It, even rares, Shocks right now are pretty cheap. Well, Shocks are... Yeah, because they've been printed on the ground. But, I yeah. mean, like, part of it is also... The cost of cards is based on the total value of a box, right? Or a total value of a set. So right now, Assassin's Trophy is probably pretty high just because the set itself probably doesn't have that much value in it. Probably because its land cycle has been printed into the ground. Right. If you don't have the shocks you need already, you probably don't need them. So for standard, you need, you know, there's some standard players, but standard's been so bad recently that even that's not like a... a like so many people bought on the players. Um and so I think that like that's not holding a lot of the value. Arclight Phoenix jumping up helps. Helps that's the like set tw- kind of depreciate value because now there's a lot of different reasons to buy stuff out of it. It's like twenty four bucks now. Yeah, it was Arclight thirty Phoenix. bucks over the it was twenty eight bucks over the weekend. Yeah, I sold a bunch of them yesterday. I have a big pile over there that I need to sell. Yeah. Buy in hard. Yeah. Smart. Uh, yeah. Smart move. <laughs> I was right, just just <laughs> calling it. Uh but yeah, back to dredge. I think like just this is a deck that now it's just a thing. I mean, Prize Amalgam is definitely a piece of it. I, I'm glad that it's not doing well right now. Um, and Graveyard Head's going to put it in and out of the format, but the most spooky of decks. Storm. Storm. This is the classic band still stays alive deck. This is the Michael Myers of uh, yes. Magic the Gathering. Wizards just keeps shooting it in the head and it keeps coming back next, next episode. So, okay, originally... Uh, right of Flame was on the ban list. So they didn't give you Right of Flame to start the chain, right? Then the first banning for Storm was Seething Song. Is that correct? Uh, oh, yeah. Potter and Preordain got banned because there was one Pro Tour with those. Then they banned Seething Song. Then they banned Gataxian Probe. So th- am I missing any Storm bannings? I think that's all the Storm bannings, right? 
Treasure Cruise. Oh, Treasure Cruise was and a storm guard. Dig, yeah. And dig, yeah, yeah. So, but this deck just continues. Just it's always going to survive. Back. I mean, like I made this argument for a long time that like the the way to kill this franchise is to really shoot Grape Shot in the head, but that's just never going to happen. If right. Wizards like doesn't want to like have that appearance, but. I think if Storm becomes problematic, problematic one more time, and there's not, like, a reason for it, they don't, like, print a card that just makes it insane, but it just, like, is good for whatever reason for an extended period of time, they might get rid of Grape Shot, but I'm, it's a tree I'm barking up that I don't think is ever going to happen for me. So looking at the price of this, of this set really quickly, yeah. of Gil's Ravica, most expensive card is Doom Whisperer right now. Surprising. But Oh, yeah, it's, it's a mythic that everyone loves. That, that, that makes sick. sense. Yeah, yeah. Second most expensive card? Arkling Phoenix. Phoenix. Sweet. Third, Assassin's Trophy, which is kind of crazy. It's yeah. rare in the top three. Uh, fourth, Aurelia. Wow, it's down to 12 bucks already. Fifth is Vraska. We're now in the land of, like, casual mythics. Sixth is March of the Multitudes. Seventh is Steam Vents. The most expensive shock is a $10 Shockland. Oh, Shocklands, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Risk Factor is $9. <laughs> yep, I was wrong there. Yeah, all right, interesting. And shocks, right? Yeah. It just goes to shocks. And that just yeah, goes okay. to shocks, yeah. Um, pretty cheap set right now. Yeah, I mean, it's also just it's a false set. Like, these get overprinted, and, and then you just figure out what cards are going to be worth something. Like, But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where everything settles. But back to Storm. I mean, like, Wizards keeps trying to murder this deck. They hate it. They keep wanting it to go away. It's going to keep coming back. It ends up just, if you have enough spells and cards that say Storm on them, you're going to have something that's good. Even if they banned Grape Shot, like, the reason I talk about that is because Empty the Warrens and Aetherflux Reservoir both exist, allowing that deck easily to survive. I think that's a better gameplay because they're moment. like because they're more expensive so you have to like have more mana kind of a thing is that no, not that, i mean it does slow the deck down probably a turn but more that it uh forces the deck to play with threats that every deck on the planet can interact with in some way there's a lot of artifact removal or a way to destroy permanence and there's a lot of and every color can interact with them and there's infinite ways to destroy a bunch of one one tokens um and so that puts a lot of people in a world that they can fight with that. You can counter those spells now. You can, uh, you know, board wipe. You can uh, play something that makes it so they can't attack you. You can, like, there's different ways to interact with those because they're on the board. Versus Grape Shot, which is just, I die. Right. If I don't have a counter spell or a discard spell. And even if I have a discard spell, it goes into your graveyard. And this is a deck that can get stuff back from its graveyard. So I die. Storm is... Storm is the... Storm is the best deck on this list? Uh, I would say Dredge is better than Storm. Currently, but all time, Storm is by far, right? Uh, Jund is on this list. I would even still... Yeah, it's true. In the old days, Jund was definitely the deck. Yeah, uh, it's Storm and Jund. I think uh, Dredge is also all time really good. In modern, Storm has been classically better for longer. But in history, all three of them are like... In modern, I'm saying. In, in modern. In modern, sure. I'd, I'd say Jund's the best deck on this list. Yeah, Jund has been a top deck okay. in modern for much longer than Storm has. Fair. Uh, yeah. All right. Next, KCI, otherwise known as Eggs. Yeah, so uh, you guys, a lot of you guys know about this deck recently. It's had a, a big moment in the last six months. Yeah, so like these eggs were hunting down Sarah Connor, and then Wizards showed up uh, in a time bubble, and... Uh, both killed the eggs, but then also mm. with Sarah Connor had a child that eventually became KCI. So Terminator's kind of a horror movie, so you, you kind of works. Terminator 1 is absolutely a horror movie. Yeah. Terminator 2 is less one. Yeah. 
Sweet, sweet. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this, this deck is managed to survive. Though I wouldn't call this... This is this is probably the least like this of any of these decks. This doesn't have the identity of the old eggs deck anywhere near as much as like Storm okay. does. This is like kind of a different deck. It's using a totally different engine, but it does interact and feel very similar in the way that it plays to okay. eggs. Once the chain gets going, you're in a lot of cases winning with like a pyrite spell bomb which is like the exact same thing eggs did yeah. um you're not playing a lot of the same cards so like instead of like reshape elsewhere flasks like things like that mm-hmm. uh you are playing like an ironworks you have like scrap trawler was printed yeah i think like the idea behind them being the undead version is it's more about like and that's kind of like why i like the terminator reference other than the fact that it's artifact theme is that like in the second movie when the terminator comes back he's a good guy right like and the other one's right. like a totally different type of robot it's like a liquid metal like functioning thing but they're both about getting a bunch of artifacts in play sacrificing them bringing them back and then looping that chain until you kill an opponent and i think that's where the comparison comes yes, from they're very similar in that sense i mean especially you, since like the deck egg sorry i interrupted you want to go if you think about it, in the old version, you had a bunch of mana rocks and artifacts to draw cards that you were trying to draw cards off of and by, re- by resurrecting. And mm-hmm. to do that, you played the card Second Sunrise, mm-hmm. and you just had like an, a weird interaction with that card. That card got banned. Mm-hmm. So to generate the exact same kind of engine, you had to replace it with something. And, and Scrap Trawler and KCI. And, and, yeah. and, and like the other thing is, the reason the deck was called Eggs originally wasn't even was based on an old deck that had an entirely different set of cards. So, like, really that game plan has kind of evolved, and it's been different in all three iterations. And this, like, wouldn't even probably feel... It wouldn't feel as much like an undead deck that got resurrected if Stanislav Sivka hadn't gone perfectly and won a Pro Tour with it. Like, the, the same person did... Just If it had just been, like, a like a GP deck, or, like, a deck that, like, was pretty good for a season... Because this it has a pretty short-lived deck. I mean, it, it was it was prominent for, like, a few months. KCI? No, oh, eggs. The original oh, yeah, version. it was, like, a six-month yeah. period of time. It's just he happened to win a Pro Tour with it and get a lot of screen yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So then it seemed like a much more of a menace. But this wasn't, like, Storm, where it was it was good from the beginning, and then... Well, we have some... Of the, we have villains like that, where there's, like, one movie, like, they were, like the worst thing and then they killed it and then it's like I mean there's decks like that at State Dead. I mean, I mean we're gonna talk about Eldrazi Titan and, Titan is that. I mean Titan, Titan was, was good for yeah, a season. Yeah. yeah. Um where like it was just good enough and broke rule like all of these things broke rules differently than some of the other cards that w- have been banned. Like Infect has been banned for different or died for different reasons. But like Dredge is another one where they killed it because it got too powerful. But some of these, like, Second Sunrise was banned mostly because it broke tournament rules. Right, right. Like, it just took it too so, long. like, GPs were no longer a functional It thing. was banned for the same reason that Sensei's Divining Top is it's not banned legal. Every, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, um, what was the other card you were talking about? Oh, Amulet Bloom wasn't banned because it was too good or metagame defiant. It was, oh, this wins on turn two too consistently, and the format isn't supposed to be that way. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, next. Talking of maybe the best deck in modern history, Junt. This one, I, well, I, was, I was describing it as Loki before we recorded the podcast, which isn't obviously a horror villain. Yeah. Uh, but he's a villain, where in the sense that, like, he was the bad guy, he got murdered. And that was Death Rare Shaman and Blood Braid Elf. But then recently, the heroes brought him back by giving him back a piece. And so now he's back. But not like the thing that was killed was brought back not necessarily like it's just survived it's not unstoppable it's been pretty much proven to everybody 
the Death Ride Shaman was the problem, <laughs> not Blood Red Elf, because Blood Red Elf is sweet and it makes this deck it better. It's not restricted to vintage though, right? It's banned and just banned in Legacy. Just banned in Legacy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Blood Red Elf makes the deck better. I mean, Blood Red Elf's a really good card. Yeah. Like you can you can have Perfect. very powerful hands with Jun. I mean, Jun is playing all of these great cards together, but it's it bad right now. But yeah, doesn't have. It's such a different conversation. Like I think, I think the power that Bloodbraid Elf gives this deck when they give it back is like a five and a half compared to the ten that is Deathrite Shaman. It's it's interesting that kind of what everyone predicted actively happened. Ugh, actively happened where it got unbanned and Jace got unbanned, and everyone was like, Bloodbraid Elf is going to show up first because it's easy to be good. Like you just cast it and it's good in the deck you're playing it. Right. But Jace. Will take time for people to figure out the best homes for it, but in the long run, Jace is going to be the better card, and I think that actively happened. We have 100%. a bunch of blue white decks that are playing Jace regularly. Uh, I don't think either of these top eights have a single blood braid off. I mean, fourth I don't place know. at the SCG Open, uh, the, the, yeah, the Open was Azorius Control. Okay, Philip or, uh, you have fourth place at the at the the Open. There's also a Junt. There's two copies of Jace the Mind Sculptor in this deck. And there's four copies of Blood Raid Elf. So they're both doing good. Yep. Yay for them. Both sweet four drops. Yeah. I think, actually, do you think Modern is a better format with those cards in it? Absolutely. I think so, too. Absolutely. I think, like, I like like what those cards do to Modern. I think there are moments where I feel like Mind Sculptor is a little unnecessary. Like, there's moments where I feel like it's, like, I... I I mean, like, I don't think blue decks have, like, overrun the format, and having a good control deck is a good thing. Like, It's just the fact that we got that and Teferi so, like, so close to each other. You know, within a little while, and but so I, now the blue white decks get to play both. But before Teferi came out, people weren't really playing Jace, so there's a possibility that they need each other to really both be good. Like you need that That's fair. that that double up on good blue white threats. Did we actually talk about, by the way, before we continued on our list of undead decks, uh, how sick this Ooh. is? It, this is it Wizard Sec is. Jordan uh, Reed mentioned for a hot second. You can go into it if you want. Yeah, I mean, people have played this deck. Like, this started popping up after Dominaria was printed, and basically, Wizards Lightning is what makes this a thing. Wizards Lightning, for those that don't know, is uh, the red two instant. It's a lightning bolt that costs two less if you control a wizard, and it's just like you know, people saw it originally. Were like, okay, I'm gonna play like four Snapcaster and four Delver, and nobody plays Wizards Retort, which is the counterspell version, blue mm-hmm. blue one that costs mm-hmm. one less if you control a wizard. Which leads me to believe that if actual counterspell was legal in modern, I don't know how much of an impact it would even really make. Like, it would make an impact. Uh, it, uh, it would. It's well, just, but the difference is, is, like, this is an aggressive tempo deck, and I don't think counterspell is the best in an aggressive tempo, tempo deck, versus, like, the blue-white control deck we just mentioned, just always having access to counterspell as counterspell without having to have some hoop they have to jump through of being a wizard in play, which is not a card that they want to be if playing. You re- if you replaced every logic not in modern with counterspell... Oh, is it bad for modern? It's fine. I, I, like, yeah, I'll agree with that. Fine. They're better. I mean, but how often... I think it'll control- see a ton of play, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would definitely see play. Because, like, logic not only... Also, like, is currently only seeing two of play because you don't want too many too many spells in the deck. And, like, that's different with counterspell. But, yeah. Play all four. So, this wizard deck is sweet. It's it's playing four Delver and uh, four Snapcaster. Other than that, it's, like, a lot of ones, twos, and three ofs. Two V-Clicks and Adelies, two Young Pyromancers, three Nimble Obstructionists. That's pretty spicy. I three. love that. I'm Card sick. very happy that that happened for um, me. That's the 3-1 flyer with Flash <laughs> for three Bird Wizard that uh, you can cycle it to stifle one of your opponent's abilities for blue mm-hmm. and two which means like if you cycle this for three it's 
and, and you do it in response to them cracking a fetch land. It's so sick. It's like such a good feeling. Let me just stone rain you at instant speed and also draw a card. Yep, seems really good. It's insane. Uh, so of the decks in modern that were played over this weekend, what do you think the cheapest one was? Uh, in terms of cost? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how cheap? How cheap do you think the cheapest deck was? Without looking, like, oh, you can look at the list, but yeah, don't you don't price it there, which is no, no. Uh, of, of the of the decks that were top eighting, I mean, I think Storm is probably the least expensive. I, would yeah. have, I guess it's two hundred and fifty bucks or two sixty four, and almost all of that money is Scalding Turn. Yep. <laughs> uh, the next most expensive or cheapest deck is four hundred and eighty three, five hundred dollars for ten shift, and then Burn is six fifty. Wait a minute. This it does play. No, it doesn't even play Scalding Tarn. That's why it's so cheap. I, I was gonna say Fetchless Storm is the thing because your life total is better because you don't need it. Because why would you? Why would you bother? Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I mean, my guess is that actually the sideboard is probably the most expensive part of that deck. Mm, not really. There's nothing of any value in the sideboard. Oh, so just it's expensive. Oh, gifts I'm giving. Gifts is a little bit of money. I mean, gifts cost something. Manamorphos is like ten bucks a pop. Okay. You know, Manamorphos yeah, is something. Commons that are worth something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Spire Storm Buff Canals like and Shivan Complaining about not being able to play. Yeah, Storm's cheap. This day, I can't believe how cheap this deck is. It's a great barrier entry. Yeah, two hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. Even I, mean, I even feel like you could probably get it for cheaper than that if you and, were really and smart about it. Cheap too. I mean, that's what when we were doing that like what we would make for challenger decks in the format thing. Amulet Titan was on our list, and that's because just Amulet Titan's only. As it is, it's only six hundred bucks. Crazy. Cool. Undead decks. Yeah. Uh, Eldrazi Tron. We didn't talk too much about John. Yeah, John's great. Okay, Eldrazi Tron. This yeah. is another one. I had this more in my honorable mentions list because I do think, but like this was the big bad. This was a big fad of the horror franchise that Jen just like got nuked as soon as possible. Well, no. It's the only. It's the only deck in modern history that has. Oh no, Treasure Cruise. I, I would say. Delve and Eldrazi are the two like dark times of modern. So, but Eldrazi Tron and the Eldrazi Winter deck are totally different decks. Those are because Eldrazi Tron sure. is utilizing the Tron lands to play sweet threats. The Eldrazi decks didn't play the Tron lands. They they sure. played four Eldrazi Temple, four Eye of Ugin. Well, but would you say like Tron is like a sequel to? Uh, yeah, Eldrazi Tron is the sequel because they yeah. it's them finding the best way to get ahead on mana. So you, oh, you know what? This is a good... It's Alien versus Aliens. Yeah, that's fair. Like, it, yeah. The first one was like super scary, really like really good, but a horror movie. And then the second one was like more of an action movie that just had like a ton of the same bad guys from the first one, but not necessarily. Like, and they're bigger and badder. There's the alien queen, which That's is more, fair. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. sweet. Yeah. Cool. Glad I'm getting <laughs> You're combining genres now here. Yeah, right? Yeah, there's a different, yeah, two yeah. genres. Okay. Yeah, so Eldrazi Tron. <laughs> Killing it with these metaphors. <laughs> yeah, Eldrazi Tron is, is, uh, is a great deck, and, and it's a more. It's a. It's like they a, are aliens. Like, they're very <laughs> alien. Versus other magic creatures. Also, like, the Eldrazi deck from the Pro Tour was so much more of a meta deck. The like, blue-red blue one. Yeah, because it was, like, four Chalice of the Void main deck with, like, all these fast lands and, like, all of these. Yeah, that, that eventually evolved into the Bant Eldrazi decks that yeah. became, like, actually the best decks in the format. Yeah. So, I, it's, like, it, it's a different... It's a different deck. That, it's just that original deck was so tuned and so specific to that Pro Tour, mm -hmm. like brand new cards, let's abuse all these new things, that it almost in some ways feels like it didn't happen, but it did because it won mm -hmm. a Pro Tour. It got like how many slots? Seven of the top eight slots of that Pro Tour? It was something insane like that, yeah. I think like, it was six. 
six of eight. Yeah. Something completely ludicrous. Like, mm-hmm. just like, this is actively unfair. Um, next on our list, speaking of the other dark times, Just Guy Ascendancy. This was another deck that came out in the summer, right? No, no, no. It was, it was based off of Conflux. So it was fall. It was fall? It was, it was September to January. Okay. And it, it lasted for a short while. The Blue Red Delver deck was the other one that happened the same time. Storm, Delver, and Just Guy Ascendancy were like the three. And it was literally the beginning of the podcast. Like, this was when Masters of Modern started. Because um, I remember me and Glenn discussing, like, how problematic Just Guy Ascendancy was going to be versus how good these treasure, you know, all these Delve cards are. And it right. kind of was just like, our consensus was they're both insane. And, but Jeskai Ascendancy is probably not as terrible as everyone is worried it will be. Yeah, I mean, Jeskai Ascendancy's managed to have a little bit of a... It, it still exists. Um, it, you don't... Yeah, I mean, ish. It's just... Opt helps. Like, every mono, like, one or two drop blue spell that they print makes the deck that much better. Right, right. I mean, it's it's a cool strategy. You play a mana creature, then you play Jeskai Ascendancy, then you play tons of cantrips, and you win. If they but, printed a, like, a bird for spells in blue or red... Like, the deck becomes much stronger. A bird, like, oh, it can only be tapped to cast spells? Yeah. But that's hard, though, because, I mean, it would help. The problem with that is that then if you play your bird, you have to be able to cast Jeskai Ascendancy on turn two with it. And if you can't... Well, that's what I'm saying. It's not green. Like, a blue or red. Because one of the problems the deck has is it's four color, right? Like, if you get rid of the fourth color, makes it easier to cast Jeskai Ascendancy just from a consistency perspective, and you get it. The other end, yes, you're right. Being able to play Jeskai, like, bird into Jeskai Ascendancy, into going off on the next turn is good. So yeah, I know. actually have a version of this deck that I play in Highlander that I built for Wheel 2. Yep. No joke. One copy of Jeskai Ascendancy out of 100. Uh-huh. Plays every single tutor. Okay. All of them. Like, Demonic, Vampiric, Imperial Seal. Mm-hmm. It plays every single mana creature. It doesn't play Hierarch, because Hierarch can't cast every spell, so it can't do it. It has to play Bird, and then all of the, like, Mana Weft Sliver, Gem Hide Sliver type of effects. Okay. And all of the bad cantrips. Imagine trying to build a deck. Plays like 28 land. Uh, I had to put... I'm playing all of them. Scouts, Warning, Expedite. Like, every bad cantrip you can think of. Okay. I think this is the... I think this is the the leather face of... In Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the formats. Where it's like... They thought it was going to be a big franchise. They tried launching it off of it. Didn't really succeed. I mean, it did succeed. They just had to kill it. No, but I mean, even in, even when it was the thing, it ended up not becoming the big bad. The big bad was Blue Red Delver and Storm. Like of the three decks that Treasure Cruise and and Scape Shift, like of the four cards decks that Delve kind of created, this ended up not even being the most dominant. It was those three decks, and yeah, I mean, and like, hey, people love their Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so it's not like it's an un. It's like not a terrible franchise. It's just I think it's not as iconic as say a Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, right. Of the, the street, of the big three, the big three, or Halloween, or Halloween, or Scream, or any of those. Like I think it's like under those, and that's where I put it. Um, speaking of uh, Friday the Thirteenth, this is my pick mm. for our Friday the Thirteenth okay. uh, uh, deck list, and that's Death Shadow. But what happened to Death Shadow? So Death Shadow was a deck uh, for that was like its own thing. It was kind of tier two. It was seeing a lot of play. It played four Gitaxian Probe and it played four. Oh right, uh, right, right. What's it called? And then they banned Git Probe. And then in, when that happened, they just realized that oh, this deck is just the best deck in the format. And the reason I'm saying it's like Freddy or Friday the Thirteenth is because 
Jason's mom is the killer in the first one. Sure. The deck that's not the villain. And then they kill her. And then in the sequel, it's Jason. Right. And now he's the villain. And he's better than all of them. How many of these classic horror movies have you actually watched? A lot. I went through a big phase in the 90s. Oh, really? Of, like the 80s horror franchises. Oh, I've seen almost none of them. Oh, yeah? I've almost I, like, watched I don't like horror now. Yeah. I, like... Probably because like it went, we like went into the Saw era and it got much more like gory based and that stuff never was super interesting to me and like I liked Saw Saw one was really good and then after that it like apparently it goes uphill again and actually my last yeah I mean we'll talk about some of the good ones Hereditary was great yeah I mean so, oh, and we're, apparently we're in a we're in a horror renaissance that's kind yeah. of the, the the word on the street is that like right now the good horror movies are just so much more. Uh, there's so much of a high quality compared to other eras of horror that yeah. we might be in like one of the best horror moments Get in Out history. was amazing. The Babadook was great. Well, yeah, and, and uh, you you mentioned it. like there's all these ghost ones like Hereditary and others yeah. that I haven't really watched. And like House on uh, Haunting at Hill House just came People out and that show was amazing. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Um, yeah, and then it last year like oh yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. horror's back because it's Halloween. Spooky. Spooky. Spooky shark. Uh, so yeah, Death Shadow. I mean, that was kind of the thing with Death Shadow. It, it wasn't, it was like a tier two deck that once a card got banned out of it, it came back as like a format defining. We spent six months telling everyone that cards shouldn't be banned out of the deck or questioning if there needed to be a card banned, what should it be? Because the old version was like four get probe with team or battle rage, yes, right? right? And it was trying to, go, it was just trying to all in you, like one shot you. Uh -huh. And then they were like, actually, we'll just play Jund with the best thread in the format, which is yeah, like a, right. a 12, 12 exactly. for one. The, card, the, the addition of four traverse the open wall and, and like Thoughtseize. Yeah. We'll just double down on these hand disruption <laughs> spells and yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah. I think that's like I'm good, there's some good metaphors in here. Some of them are looser than others, uh, but I'm happy with that one. And then the last the last card deck I have on this it's technically eleven decks is Tron, and this is like an early like I almost want to say maybe Romero or like like a, like a Hitchcock think, kind of situation. Why do you think Tron's on this list? Because uh, I have Ugin or no, no no well I have Ugin I think is and I'll describe the I have Ugin situation. I had a good metaphor for that, but uh, no it's um, um, the Locust Lance. Oh, the Cloud Post lands. Yeah, so Cloud Post was the deck that was trying to play Eldra like Emrakul and Eldrazi and ramp those out with colorless lands. The first Pro Tour, right? The first Pro Tour, and then they banned Lo you know, Locusts out of the out of the ground. Yeah. And Tron is what came out of that. This is very early on. That's what it's like looking like a Hitchcock kind of situation where it's like very early horror before all these other franchises came around, before yeah. um, the the what's his name? Who who made Scream? West Craven? Yeah, before Wes Craven and Sam Raimi kind of got involved, like that era. Hmm. Yeah. That's happened. So everyone, that that was, I mean, it was, uh, thank God. And then and then the, the Ayabugan thing. Ayabugan feels more like in the movie when the villain has like the knife to another hero's throat and like a cop's got a gun on them and then they decide to like shoot the person through the shoulder to like kill the guy behind oh, yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, a good move. It's Ayabugan a classic. was the shoulder okay. of Tron to kill the Eldrazi holding Tron hostage. That didn't really affect Tron very much. Yeah, no, Tron's They didn't really fine. care. Maybe even... Not better, but like it's uh, been great. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been more great. consistent. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, yeah. what the the one I have Ugin and Trondex was like, so that late game you could just like search up Emrakul and win. Yeah, you just no matter what, you're not going to lose the control. Like, yeah, you're going to have a fifteen fifteen. All yeah. the other texts on Emrakul that I don't want to go through. Um, yeah, how long is the episode, Michael? I think we're in the in the fifty plus minutes range. Cool. I think that's it. Uh, so, any anyone on the chat before we finish <laughs> off have any good movie metaphors for decks? 
We'll see if that happens. But while while they're while they're getting us information, uh, make sure to subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching us right now, there's a subscribe button like hereabouts down that way. If you click it, you'll be oh, the 2,000th subscriber. Oh, that's interesting. No, it's not here. It's hard because the app. <laughs> wait, is it over there? I don't know. Oh, there. Now it's there. Yeah, that way. Subscribe. Or like the episode. Yeah. Uh, Leave a and comment. Make sure to comment. Yeah. yeah, with your thoughts below. That'd be cool of you to do. And uh, yeah, guys, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash damnumcast. That's how we continue to, to grow the show, and we hope to continue doing more for you guys. So please. We're looking to invest in some better microphones, both for the iPad so that the live stream has better sound, as well as here, yeah. so that we have better sound in general. Uh, make sure to uh, check out the Facebook group. Check us out on Twitter at the MMCast. Check us out on uh, Instagram at the MMCast. We are, I am at Kess Wiley. You guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media. Be um, sure to check out our sister podcast, The Command Zone, as well as Game Nights. Yep. They're awesome. They just released a new video content series. I forget yeah, what it's called. It's called but Extra you, Turns. Extra Turns, yeah. Right? Uh, well, while you go through stuff, I'm going to look it up. Because I think that is. The I think it's called Extra it. Turns. I watched some of it the other day. Cool. Um, it's good. really yeah. It's it's awesome. It's it's like more content from great content creators. So. Yeah, they like know what um, they're doing. Uh, yeah, Extra Turns, number so, one with Wedge and the Professor. Dope. Yep. So thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for watching. We appreciate all of the support. Yep. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Um, all right. Uh, KCI is like saw overly complicated, gory, and long, but surprisingly good and interesting at the end. Thanks, guys. I, I, I agree with that. I was looking for a saw one. Bye, guys. Talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligators.